Welcome back to another episode of Quirked Up. I am Jessica Kleinschmidt. And I'm Rachel Luba. Cheers. Cheers. I have this clear because this keeps my wine cold. I uh, think that's important. Nifty. Mm-hmm. I do the best I can. Um, so what's our hashtag wine word for the week? Jess? The hashtag wine word for the week is hot take because just last night, Rachel texted the amazing Corked Up podcast group text with a, like a hot take, a lot of things, a lot of the things. And um, it was a hot take. I think I got a hot flash reading it, but that's, and that's kind of part of it. We also have a lot of other hot takes. We have predictions for the season. We have an amazing interview with Delino DeShields. Uh, he blew me away. That was an amazing interview and I'm so excited for y'all to hear it. Um, but the reason why this is a huge, I, I don't want to start it off with a hot take because it is like bullshit, the stuff that we deal with in being a woman in sports. We've talked about it before, but I guess guys didn't get the message. So we have to kind of go through it again. Most of y'all know, um, it's, it's not really, a, it's kind of a non-baseball thing. Um, several situations that happened with uh, the Washington football team recently, the Redskins, I hate saying the Redskins, but that's the team until they rename it. Uh, 15 women said they allegedly were victims of sexual misconduct among senior executives uh, with the Washington Redskins. Um, and there's this quote that really sticks out to me. Um, and it's a former VP of communications, Julia Payne. She told the, I believe it was the Washington Post, quote, I have never been in a more hostile, manipulative, passive aggressive environment. And I worked in politics. So let's just we can kind of divulge into it i read i read up on it quite a bit um media it got like a really big reaction um and i text rachel this and i really don't want people to hate me for it but both rachel and i were tagged in a lot of these things saying you know we're we're women in sports um tag somebody that you feel is inspirational da 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 we were both tagged and i'm super super appreciative of that but tagging me doesn't do shit um, what you need to do is support me, share my work. If you see me being sexually harassed, which I have been multiple times, say something. The people that have sexually harassed me are still working. Nothing happened. So it's kind of coming from that. So I texted you, Rachel, about this and said, you know, cool, they're tagging us. This is great. But what is that going to do? And it doesn't, it doesn't really do anything. And and the thing is, this was one of the things I noticed too, um, when I, there was the, the Kyle Loesch incident, I had so many people and I'm not hating them for reaching out to me and supporting me, but it was, everything is done privately because nobody wants to go out there and really, you know, stand up. It's hard to stand up for people and, you know, say something that maybe, the norm doesn't like or you know whatever it is and sometimes I think a lot of that too I'm like you know thank you for supporting me but say it publicly like tell people this publicly because publicly it looks like I'm standing on an island yeah and I have no support behind me and little do I get I mean the people know that I have tons of support behind the scenes and and I'm not saying that it always needs to be you know in front of everybody's face but I think sometimes the problem is is that people like I mean there were people responding I remember to Kyle Loesch saying you know look and Kyle Loesch made burner accounts saying look she doesn't have nobody's take getting defending her so she must be in the wrong yeah and I was like Oh, if only you knew, but, but it's behind the scenes and because, you know, people don't want to say it on the main stage. And yeah. So, and I, and I get that. And it sucks because like, I, I'm, I'm a victim of that too. Like I'm constantly worried if I, like I can be called a fat slut on social media. I'm literally not allowed to be mean to this person because I could get in trouble. And, and I hate that I, I have to deal with that. And I wish I could do a better job, like sticking up for you and everybody else and, and, that's what we have to deal with, but I'm right there with you because I've told you about this before. I don't get a lot of support from my colleagues, whether it's sharing my work or saying, hey, congratulations on a new podcast or anything like that. And so it kind of sucks from that situation, but you don't have to tag me in a fucking tweet to, to support me. You need to like, just be there. When you see a guy treating me like shit, speak up. Because when I say it, the guy still has a job. So if you are a witness and you want to say something, that helps a lot, but they don't fucking do it. So I, I agree. And I think this is uh, a good 
segue into kind of, I, I told you this um, last night when we were talking and I want to like start off by making it very clear too, though, that this whole, I feel like there's this weird paradigm we live in where it's like, and we've talked about this, you can either be one or the other, right? You can be sexualized, you can be beautiful, sexy, hot, gorgeous, everybody loves like how you look, or you can be smart and you can be talented and really good at your job. But I have my, like, I have my beliefs as to why society believes this and is this way. And, you know, this is kind of the culture we live in, but, but that's not the point. My problem with it and everyone, you know, trying to say that, yeah, you have to be one or the other. And let's not, let's not sexualize women. Let's not, you know, talk about and obsess about, uh, you know, how gorgeous they are. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. And here's my view why. And, and I think my Instagram like makes it clear that this is how I feel. I don't pretend to be this very buttoned up, you know, don't look at my body. Like I'm an athlete. I have been my whole life. I work my ass off for my body. I'm proud of my body. Why can't I show it off? Like right. I can have this sexual feminine appeal, but I can also in another part of me, I can be very good at my job. I can be very smart. I can, you know, do an excellent job just as good as a man. And here's why I think I don't like this idea that like, and a lot of women kind of promote this or perpetuate this idea that we can't sexualize women, stop sexualizing women. And this is my view on it. And this is a hot take, I think on it, but I think we, I think we need to embrace both. And this is what I try to do. And maybe it's in a fantasy world that I live in probably is, but you know, I try, but here's, here's why right now, if we say we can't sexualize women because it's, you know, we're, we're not seeing them for the talent they are and whatever, this sexual part of us is a weakness, right? Like the, the beauty in you and guys commenting on the beauty in you is like this weakness. It's, it's a problem in the workplace. It's something, you know, employers are like uncomfortable with. It's, it's a weakness that you have, but if we embrace it, right. And we, yeah, like just, you are gorgeous. (laughs) Like, and like you are really like, not only do you do a fantastic job, but yeah, you're beautiful too. Like now it's a strength, like embrace it. Sitting here saying that like men can't compliment you and men can't say that you're beautiful or, or men can't like you like for, you know, if they think you're attractive, like to me, if we own it and it's something that we say, yeah, like, guess what men, like you don't have sex appeal, but we do. And it's a strength. And now it's something, it's something that I have over all you men. Not only am I just as talented as all you men, not only am I probably more educated and qualified than men, but also guess what? I have sex appeal and and people like that. Yeah. And now I have an advantage over you. And so to me, like, I'm, I guess with this, especially with this whole Redskins thing and people, I, I always see women too, like saying, you know, stop sexualizing women. I don't think that's necessarily the the move. Mm-hmm. No. And I, and I totally agree. And, and, and it sucks because I'm, I'm kind of on both sides, right? Like, and we've talked about this before and I saw this tweet and, and, and it kind of resonated with what you and I have both said you can't be too pretty. You can't be too cute. You can't be too nice because that's going to be considered flirting. You can't be too stern because that's going to be considered bitchy. You can't be too funny because you don't want to seem too charming and, and wrap up all these things. And I'm, yeah. And, and I told you this the other day, I am so sick of girls complaining about the industry and it's, it sucks. We all know that being a woman in the sports industry sucks, but the more you complain about it and not just work, it makes you show like, okay, well you have time to complain, but like you going off on Twitter saying like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Winslow, I don't see you working. Like, what are you doing? You know? So it's like, totally, it sucks. And everybody knows the stuff I've been through. And there are literally files and files of stuff that I've complained about and I've gone to HR about and everything like that. So I've dealt with it, but I've also, I need to do my job too. 
I've, and I'm also lucky enough where I haven't dealt with enough where I can say like, I was scared for my life necessarily. Um, but there's also something that we also need to think about. We know that it's bad, right? And I do my best to help. And a girl reached out to me recently and asked me for help on how to approach a professor who was sexually harassing her. And I gave her my advice. She didn't take it. So it's like, all right, well, what do you want to do? You know? And so it's, it's kind of like from that, that demo, trust me, I know. And, and we do our best. We really do our best. And I, but I'm not going to like sit here and say, it's easier to be a girl. I'm not going to say it's, it's harder to be a girl. It's like, unfortunately, this is what we go through. And I fucking hate saying that. I really hate saying but, that. But my, like, and I, the way I try to look at it, and this was because I think my path into getting into being an agent kind of shaped all of this was everybody told me my gender was a problem. Everybody told me it was going to be an issue. And it was all the people that were telling me this starting out were agents that I was trying to get, you know, a job with. And then I started to think about it. And being an agent is a really competitive industry. You know, everyone's, it's cutthroat. Everyone's out for everyone because you're trying to survive. And I realized like, hold on, is my gender truly an issue or are you threatened by it? Mm -hmm. Do I have something that is different? Do I offer something that is different? And do you see that like, I still can do the same job as you and are you threatened by it? And to me, it always came down to, I think you're threatened by it. Mm -hmm. And that was, and, uh, and the reason I felt like that too, was because I would talk to a lot of players who never saw, they were like, I mean, I, you know, I would pose the question or another player would pose the question, would you hire a girl who was an agent who could do the same job? And they were like, if she can do the same job, then why not? It shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. So I realized like, it's not the, the issues that they had were just because I, there was some, it was something different. It was threatening. They weren't comfortable with it. And so I was meant to feel like it was a bad thing and that it was something that I should hide and should right. I change my name, right? To something gender neutral. Yeah. But then it was like this epiphany that I had at this point, there was a moment in my career and I remember exactly where I was and who I was with and the conversation I had, but I realized like, I have to take these threatening things, these things about my gender that are a problem, that I'm too bitchy, that I'm whatever, and realize like they're strengths. There's something that makes me different. And if I sit here and get mad that people are saying these things about me, then like they continue to be a weakness. Like I own it. Yeah. Like I, oh, she's too sexy. Okay. I own it. I love yeah. it. And guess what? Other people do too. And then now it's like the amount of people that used to give me shit. I'm sure they still say it behind closed doors, but no one's saying it to my face. And that's because like, I'm not going to like, I'm going to still keep doing me and it's not going to stop me. And so I feel like a lot of it too is just, it's, it's like leaning into the bad stuff yeah. and embracing it and finding a way to use it as a weapon mm -hmm. versus you know, it, it being a flaw of yours. And then, and I guess like we should talk about like the actual Redskins like <laughs> incident. Yeah. And, and it, and it, and it does suck. Like, and I think you and I, we've gone through so many things and no matter what happens to them and I was not in her shoes, I don't know what she went through, but I can only say what's on my mind, you know, what I've dealt with. And I think we all need to believe what happened is true and you know just some of the it just sucks that we have so many men in the industry that don't get it and I but I also believe that you know like I said tagging me on on social media that's great but share our work talk about our work ethic I'm not going to apologize for trying a little bit harder putting on a little bit more lipstick or putting on some eyelashes when I go and do my job because that's who I am it's what I love to do I'm not going to downplay being a woman so men can feel comfortable I'm not exactly. going to do that I'm not gonna and, and that's what sucks is like even with my successes with my friends sometimes I won't tell them stuff that's going on because they usually will make me be like oh well Jessica stop rubbing it in our face it's like well I'm sorry, but I'm doing a lot of badass shit and I'm here for you when you do all your badass shit, but I can't be happy about it. So it doesn't just stop with men. My friends, I feel like sure. bragging about 
stuff too. Right. And, but it's usually going to be, you know, and, and it's been good lately. I'm getting a lot of, you know, positive stuff, but you know, and I want to shout out somebody though. And that's, um, a one Mr. Alec Palmer, because he, the other day mentioned both of us because we, we have merch coming out. We're selling some merchandise and one of them happens to be a crop top. Right. And I immediately think of Rachel. She's an amazing body. And I'm like, oh, we're going to sell these things like fucking hotcakes. The moment Rachel shows off like this crop top, they're going to, it's going to be amazing. And, and I was joking with him. I was like, you know what? I want to just, you know, take care of my body a little bit more before I model these crop tops off. And he was like, I'm so sorry that you have to think about that stuff. And he was just like, he, as a man wants to be better with giving to society and we were talking about this last night. There are so many shitty things that men say, but Rachel, my DMs were so beautiful last night after all this stuff happened. People were like, I appreciate you. And so it wasn't just tagging. And you're right. Like a lot of it's behind the scenes, but I also wanted to, to show this DM that this guy sent me and it was so sweet. And there is so much of that. And no matter what we do, we're not gonna be able to say like ignore the negatives, but there's so much good out there too. I mean, there is you are literally a female agent who represents male clients. And that's something I work with a lot of men, tons of men. And I'm so lucky that I work with the great guys that I do because they support me and they, but they, being a girl is just different. They don't know the stuff I have to deal with, whether it's being a girl, whether it's, you know, biology stuff or just being emotional or the, the moment I walk into the clubhouse, it's different. Or even when I'm on the radio, sometimes they will never ask me analytical questions. It'll be like, Hey, how's Mike fires in the Astros scandal? I'm like, well, why don't you ask me how his fucking singer's looking? Like, why don't you ask me like those kinds of things? So it's like, guys will never have to deal with that. They don't have to worry about that. And, and that's what sucks. And I think this is important to talk about because the Redskins bullshit reminds us it's never going to fucking stop. So like you said, we don't have to necessarily ignore it, but complaining about it. Yeah. It brings awareness and I'm very pro of that, but I'm also just like, okay, we complained. We're mad. Let's go. Let's fucking keep blazing the trail. Fuck shit up and let's do our jobs. I think there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens as a female in sports. I've seen it personally since the beginning, since I've decided I want to pursue sports. I have heard about it from other, uh, like other friends. I've heard about it from you, the things you deal with. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not naive to it. It's shitty. And the reason it makes me so mad is because people do not give us the credit that we deserve for our intelligence, for our skills, for what, for the work that we produce, we do, it's, there's always some way of ignoring that part and just, you know, whether it's trying to point out things about our looks or degrade them or whatever it is. And that's why kind of tying back in my initial point of this idea of you can be both, like you should be allowed to be both. I, while I have no problem with, you know, men or whoever addressing appearances and liking women and, you know, being attracted to the sex appeal. I also, when you do something good and when you are, you know, you do your job well, like that should be acknowledged and that doesn't go away. And then now you're, it's a double edge. You're like, you have two superpowers basically. It sucks. Like I definitely feel like this surfaced a lot of things that we have both gone through. And, you know, I, like, I'm just frustrated because like I said, I don't want to be tagged on social media because of shit that happened. But if, but I want to, I want to be supported. I want, if you see it happening to me, have my back. And like you said it too, like, cool, you're going to slide in DMs and say like, I appreciate you. Like, well, appreciate us in public because if you're scared, you don't want to make a scene in front of X, Y, and Z that means that like you don't have my best interest at heart or you think I'm going to handle it on my own, which is a big pet peeve of mine. I can't, I can handle a lot of shit on my own, but it'd be nice to have my own person in the corner saying just like, do you need anything? I got you. And I try to do that to women because 
I never had that. I still really don't have that. I'm kind of, I think people look at me as like, oh, she's fine. She's got this, but she handles it. Yeah. She can handle it, which is great. I can, but at the same time, like there is a lot of shit I can't handle. You know what I mean? And, and even if I can like, just know that you're in my corner and our corner, share our work, you know, let us know like what we can and cannot work on without being a dick about it. Like the other day, like I had a typo in my article and somebody was super cool about it. They were just like, Hey, I don't think you meant to do this, but da, da, da. And that was chill as opposed to being like, Oh, women shouldn't work in sports. Yeah. Like that's, you know, so here's the thing. And I, and I know, you know, Delino said this in his, in his interview, it's not the same thing. He talked about, you know, what it's like to be black in this world, but all we can really do is tell you what's going on and keep the conversation going. It's not going to ever stop. It's just, it is what it is. The road's bumpy as fuck, but I feel like you and I definitely want to try to make it easier on people to not just, we don't want to scare people away from the industry because it's not that scary. It's, a, it's an amazing industry and I love it, but we want to, you to know, like we're here for you guys. Like we can help you with anything you need, but we need for you guys to do it at the kindness of your heart and not just to be a fucking social media influencer and get a bunch of followers. That shit pisses me off. I don't want you to tag me because you want me to see it on Twitter. I want you to, you know, or me to be a guest on your podcast. I'd be happy to do it, but I want it to be because you genuinely have my back and other women's back. So, and I guess just to pay, I fully agree with that. And just to kind of piggyback uh, off of it, because I know a lot of times people can be in this uncomfortable then position who people, guys that aren't, they're not females. They don't really understand, but they sympathize and they're, they, you know, they can, they, they feel, they see what we're going through and they're like, what can I do? What can I do better? And like you said, supporting us is a big thing too. But I guess at least for me, I would say like, don't be afraid. I think then they get this there's this fear of, well, I can't, again, I can't say anything about her appearance or that, or, you know, that I have to be super careful about, you know, not basically addressing the fact that she is a girl. Like we, we are proud to be women. I I think that's at least I am. I am. I'll speak for myself. Like I am proud to be a woman. Like I am proud to be a woman, a woman in sports. And I don't need you to pretend I'm a guy. Yeah. Embrace the fact that I am a female. Yeah, don't be like, hey, bro, hey, dude. Like, I hate that yeah. shit more than anything. <laughs> Embrace, like, you know, love me for being a female. If, you know, there's whatever it is, I'm not, you don't need to be afraid of that. But I also, when I do my job as a professional, I want the credit for that too. And that's how you support me. You don't need to, but again, like you don't need to be afraid to talk to me as a female or, you know, oh, I don't see your gender, you know, like, no, I want you to see it. I'm a female and I'm proud, but I also can do a really good job independently of that too. Yeah. And so it's like support both. That's kind of where I guess I fall on it is not, not to scare people about our gender. Yeah. Like we we're women and we're proud to be women. We don't want you to be like, don't treat us like one of the guys. Cause we're not guys. We're right. not, we are like, women, but also respect what we have to bring to the table and then have the gender be the, the, whatever. That's just who we are. We are like, it's just, I think it's an added bonus. I, I actually agree. I really do. And I'm, I'm very proud to be a woman and I'm proud of the stuff that I've been able to do as a woman that I, you know, am thrilled that I'd be able to say that I can actually bring to the table. So, um, we're going to switch. There's literally no segue to come from this, but, um, we had a phenomenal interview with Delino DeShields. Um, he's back, he's on, he was in, uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and so he had a quarantine for a little bit, but he took that time to create a platform. We had a phenomenal, phenomenal interview with him. Rachel hooked it up and that was just so amazing. So he's with the Indians now, which is a great organization. So listen to this here. Delino DeShields is here. And I, t- I was telling him how excited I was because I actually put fake eyelashes on for him. And I don't do that for everyone. Delino, how's it going? What's up? What's up? Everything good? Just enjoying this Cleveland weather out here. I know. When did you get in? You uh, Last week, sometime, like on Wednesday or something. Can't remember. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, I'm sure our listeners know that, you know, you tested positive for COVID. So you had to deal with that. How, like, just in terms of like your recovery, like, how was it? Was it like, do you have a lot of symptoms? 
No, I just lost my taste and smell. And that was a really strange experience because I don't know. I feel like I, along with taste and smell, I also lost my appetite for everything. So I didn't want to eat anything. Um, but if you, you know, if you were trying to eat healthy and there was foods that you didn't like, mm. it was a great opportunity to just crush it because, you know, you could, it's not like you would enjoy it or hate it. You know what I'm saying? All the kale smoothies, all of the yeah. kale smoothies. I feel <laughs> right. like you, that's good. Did you try any foods that you didn't like normally? No, no, oh. I, I didn't personally, but that was, so, uh, go ahead. Can you eat like it's just like that phenomenon is so crazy to me to think about that you legitimately can't really taste stuff. So could you eat like the hottest pepper in the world and just be fine? No. So you could, I could taste like senses that makes sense. Like it does. Yeah. Um, if something was spicy, I could taste it that it was spicy, but I couldn't taste the flavor of it. Okay. Or I could tell if something was sweet, but I couldn't taste if like, what how it was sweet or if that makes sense it does but so if you were to eat a mushroom you could sense that it was slimy yeah but i I, yeah i wouldn't know it was a mushroom probably okay like i i I, um i did the hot sauce thing the hot sauce test you know that was one of those things where you know it's like a test that you take to see if you can if you lost your sense of taste and Uh, I couldn't taste the flavor of it. I could tell that it was spicy because it was burning my mouth, but like no flavor. So, so that's so odd. But okay, so now that you're obviously you've recovered and you've tested negative, and so you're kind of good to go and back playing baseball. Do you feel is there any sorts like any sense of relief that now do worry about it? I mean, in a way, but. You know, I still have been really mindful of my teammates and, you know, just kind of respecting everybody um, as much as I can, you know, taking, doing the right protocols and stuff. Because you never know. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but there's always a chance that, you know, I could get it again, um, I think, uh, you know, but I don't want to take any chances, you know, in order for us or anybody to have a successful year. Uh, we have to yeah. take this pretty serious so that we all stay healthy and um, see what happens at the end. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility, and it's kind of it's kind of cool to see that you're kind of setting the way. I am curious because you come from a very athletic family, and I'm curious, like, how did you learn from them growing up? And obviously, you're you know everybody that you're your family. I mean, how did that work with you? Like, as far as growing up and becoming an athlete yourself. Well, my dad, when he was playing, you know, he was always gone. Um, So during the summer when we played, when I played baseball, I didn't really have him around that much. And obviously we would go see him during the summer. Um, Sister and I, Diamond, we really like pushed each other. And she plays basketball. She grew up, she was huge tomboy. She used to, uh, you know, when my boys would come over to the house, we'd be out, you know, out on the court playing basketball or um so she was always a tough tough kid so um I knew that you know doing those things with her um you know we had a cage in our backyard she would go and flip me balls in the cage like she just always wanted to be involved with what I had going on so um I think that definitely helped with my development having somebody there to kind of you know work with me when when my dad wasn't there or or whatever um she's very competitive um you know there was countless times where we were uh she used to sleep with me uh when we were little uh she Mm -hmm. had her own room but she would always come in in my room um but we would talk about you know the things that we wanted to accomplish like like now how we wanted to be professional athletes and um we just had these dreams of uh you know, being great and doing great things in, in our life. Um, and, you know, we worked really hard to, to get where we are. So, um, yeah, it was a very, it wasn't that much of a competitive household. It was a more of a, like a supportive, um, like, you know, push type of uh, environment um, for us. 
which yeah, I think is so, yeah. Well, Rachel and I are both tomboys ourselves, yeah. so no, we don't look like it necessarily. Anymore. No, we don't look like it, but like you know, we, we played. Are. But that was my family was the same too. It wasn't ever because like all my brothers and I like played D one sports, and it was never a. Uh, we were always like pushing each other. It's like competitive way where you would burn out or something, you know? Yeah, or like, like or like try to belittle yeah. you know, another person or discourage them from. Like I always knew that I was bigger and stronger and faster than my sister, but I would never make her feel like like she couldn't hang type of thing. Yeah. Um, but even if I did, she just has that mentality like, nah, you ain't gonna sit over here and, and bully me, so. I love it. I think yeah. we would like your sister a lot. I yeah, think, yeah, sure. we should have her on the pod. We'll, we'll bring her on too. We'll bring How, her. She Cause I, I've seen some videos that you've put up um, of her, I think, um, and like her basketball. No. Uh, she's, oh God, put me on the spot. Uh, I think she, <laughs> she's range. 25. She's 25. Okay. And did she play in college? Yeah, so she went to University of North Carolina originally. Wow. Uh, they had a number one recruiting class that year. Uh, they had like four freshmen that were all starting, went to Elite Eight. And then she ended up transferring afterwards because of some team-related stuff. And she transferred to Tennessee. And then uh, Tennessee is my mom's alma mater. So, I mean, honestly, I was surprised that she didn't choose Tennessee, especially because, you know, they already had a really strong basketball, women's basketball program. Um, But, you know, she wanted to go do something and kind of create her own legacy and and kind of do something aside from, you know, what my mom did. My mom ran track and field at Tennessee. Um, So she ended up, you know, caving anyway and and going to Knoxville. So uh, she did that for two years. And then um, she, so she graduated from college and she had one more year of eligibility left to play. And she was just like, she didn't want to play college basketball anymore. So she went overseas for a year to Turkey. Um, and play in uh, 2017, I think she got drafted. So, yeah. Do you in her sport at all, as far as watching I th- it? I, th- I, th- uh, I think it's growing. Okay. Um, you know, they've, you know, like they're putting them in video games and stuff now, which is, I think is great. Amazing. Um, you know, they're, they're doing better. Um, but before, you know, my sister got into the league, it, you know, it wasn't very good, but, you know, slowly, but surely you can see every year that they're trying to make strides and, um, you know, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, hopefully in a couple of years, it'd be, it'd be a, you know, a bigger thing than it is today. And how, how do we how do we do better with supporting them? That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> I don't really know the answer. Like I'll buy that. a shirt. I can't go to games right now, obviously, but I'll do it. Yeah. Lina, just tell me what to do, and I'll go do it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they they down at IMG right now in a, in a little bubble system, uh-huh. IMG Academy of Florida. Um, I- but what I do, I I like to go on their app and just watch games like that when I can but I don't I don't really know the the correct answer for that um you try to show love when you can I think you should start because I know you're big into you know content and you know making content I think you need to start putting out some content with you and your sister like doing stuff yeah we, we we were actually talking about that uh doing something off season. Like she was gonna come to Love Dallas it. where I live and we were gonna like train together and just kind of do some stuff like goofing off, just being, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff that, that people don't see um, yeah. very often. So yeah, we have we have talked about that. And I mean, I think that would probably be something that we do uh, yeah. this off season. Were you at? Were you ever at Live AB's? Um, the momentum did when Paige Halstead was there. No. Okay. Yeah. Cause she, cause she came a few times and she hit. She played softball. Yeah, she's the one. She hit some 
Montas and Trevor. Trevor. She oh, really? off Trevor. Yeah. But she's good. But she she plays or uh, she's a catcher. And then her brother, he's in the Giants organization. Okay. So she grew up like, you know, they played catch together. And so yeah, I think I think there was a video that they did that like kind of went viral yeah. or something. And my sister was like, hey, we need to do this. Yeah. I was like, I mean, we could probably do some other stuff. That's I want to see like you that. play basketball with her. Yeah. Play basketball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would... I, hey, we're open to just about anything, so. <laughs> totally watch that. Yeah. Uh, I I know you're very, you had to be in quarantine with COVID and everything. So I saw that you used a lot of that downtime to, you know, talk about important issues, um, social injustice, racial inequality. So tell me a little bit more about how you use your platform to kind of spread that message. I cover Tony Kemp and he, you know, discovered, he made the plus one effect and how, yeah. How can we pay attention better to all of that? I mean, I, th- I think the main thing is just not, just not stopping the conversation now that, you know, I feel like it's, you know, for a couple of weeks, it was like the headlines of everything. And kind of recently when sports started to come back, like it's kind of taking a backseat a little bit. So I think that's just one, the main thing is just making sure that it's an important conversation going on, you know, outside of that the headlines and stuff but you know as a professional athlete um you know our platform is so important and we can use it in so many ways um good or bad you decide to choose it um you know i've been very uh, outspoken about you know racism and systematic racism and um that's been going on in our country for an oppression you know from you know minorities for a long time so um, you know, I've lost a lot of followers because of it, because I've been outspoken and that comes with the territory. I'm not afraid to, to speak my mind and, and, uh, you know, do the right thing. So, um, I think just continue to just keep enough saying, and, and I feel like the more we keep talking about it, you know, eventually at some point, um, people are going to start understanding more and more. Um, as long as we're putting the right information out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am excited for you to be working with Tito and Mr. Smiley, all these guys. What are your expectations for this season? I watched you a lot with the Rangers and I was very spoiled because I covered the A's, but what do you have planned and what are your expectations with, with your team this year? I mean, my expectation always is to win the World Series. Right. Um, Same. But, you know, in, in this year specifically, it's it's more of a sprint than a marathon. So, honestly, anything can happen. Um, you know, everybody kind of has an equal chance if, if uh, you know, they, they play the right cards and they put the right pieces in place mm-hmm. to, to make the playoffs and potentially win a World Series. So, it's, it's a little different. Um, you know, playing 162 games is so spread out and it's so long that you could have two great months. Like last year, for instance, um, once with the Rangers, we were in the wild card race. At, yeah, at y'all the pissed a break. lot of teams off. Pissed a yeah. lot of teams off. And yeah. then, like, we were right there at the All Star break, and and you know, there was some confusion about guys that you know they're potentially getting traded. Um, so it created a lot of like uncomfortable um, situations, I guess, in our clubhouse. Like, so, you know, we fell off and we ended up, you know, not making the playoffs, but we were right there in the two and a half, three months that, you know, in the beginning of the season. So, um, yeah, if this, if, if, if last, like last year, for example, if we played those 60 games, we have probably would have been in the playoffs, you know? So, I don't know. It's 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 going to be a very interesting season, um, but I'm excited to. I've heard great things about Tito. Have heard great things about the team. So, you know, I'm excited just to kind of dig in and and just compliment those guys and everything that they've been doing for the past ever since Tito became manager. Really, so um, I don't really. My expectation is to win a World Series, but um, you know, it's going to be a challenging year for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. It's we're looking be, forward to it. Yeah. What do you have any yeah. personal goals? Like, do you want to hit a certain amount of home runs or like 
have a I mean, honest, coverage, hon- honestly or... honestly this year there's I don't there's not any, like anything specific that it's I want to right yeah I just want to go out there and help the team win so I can I can suck offensively but if I'm doing my job defensively and preventing runs and doing that stuff then that's what I care about because it's all about getting in the playoffs like mm-hmm. during the long it's, it's hard to kind of determine or to judge a player off of a shortened season. Um, Michael Young, um, you know, Hall of Famer for the Rangers, he, every single year, he has the slowest starts ever. You know, hits under 200, yeah. but he always finishes hitting 340. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's really hard to kind of judge a person off of this kind of season. Um, I think having that mentality of going out there and just trying to help a team win, playing small ball, um, you know, just doing those little things, um, take take the stats away and just focus on uh, what can I do, moving guys over, not worrying about yourself. I think that's going to really propel um, teams to to uh, to win games and get in the playoffs and make a run for the for the ship. Very selfless season, if you will. Right. Yeah. I think it makes sense, though. Like, you know, normally it's, yeah, because you can't really judge, it's hard to, or we don't really have some, a concept of how to judge players in the shortened season. It's like, okay, who cares really? It's an anomaly, like what the individual players do. It's just figure out a way to get your team into the playoffs. Right, right, exactly. And then in the playoffs, you know, you know, I mean, you're trying to win every single game at this point, but you know, all you want to do is get your feet in, get your feet in, and then, you know, anything can happen. And you saw with the Royals a couple of years ago, you yeah. know, <laughs> wildcard team end up beating everybody winning the World Series. So all you got to do is get in. Yeah. Well, even like, like last year, the Giants had that really hot month and you were kind of like, what just happened? If you have yeah. a hot month this season, like you're in the playoffs. So I love it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if you win, like, say the goal is 34 games, right? You go, you shoot for that that number, you're going to be in playoffs if you win 34 games. That's so weird. So you can have a hot month and a half and be straight. So, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, teams in base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you start off really slow, it's going to be. Yeah so much tougher than it would be during a long season. I remember my first year with the Rangers, we started out seven and 21, I think. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning the division because it was a, it was a marathon type of season. And then we, the next month we went like 21 and five or something crazy. And we were like back in it. So um, you have a bad month, then you're pretty much, ahead of you they they fumble a little bit too but uh, and everybody's going to be on high alert with 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 the games and and going out there and trying um I have a personal question kind of I am obsessed with Adrian Beltre so what was Mm -hmm. it like playing with him Abuelo (laughs) that's what we all call him he makes me call him not so (laughs) yeah no, we all call him Abuelo because he he's the grandpa on the team. Right. Um, but he was, I mean, it was it was an interesting, very unique uh, opportunity for me. Um, you know, growing up and watching a guy play, uh, playing with a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that that I didn't, I was very fortunate enough to be in that position, especially to like be able to contribute and, and hit in front of him. And, 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 you know, there was countless times where, you know, he came to me and, and, and talked about like picking up shots from the catcher to help him, you know, at the plate. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was a really cool thing. Um, you know, it's, it's so weird. That, like, my first year in the big leagues, I was 22, and were guys on the team. There was, there was only two rookies on the team at the time, and like I just keep thinking about how old my team was, mm-hmm. and 
now like looking around, now looking around the league like there isn't really that many like older veteran type of guys like yeah. that um anymore it's, it's a lot of young guys with these extensions and and stuff like that so um on with him he always had fun um mm -hmm. you know he's real old school with how he went about his business but i mean guy was 40 41 hitting 300 i yeah. mean yeah <laughs> you know it's incredible and i remember like in the playoffs he or well, that whole season he was uh, he was a his hamstring broke his broke two of his fingers yeah, I remember that. uh and then in the playoffs hurt his back right and i remember in playoffs specifically he had hurt his back swinging um i think it might have been like his first or second at bat and he kept telling telling you know he he did he will not come out the games he will not miss games for anything like he's very stubborn in that mind and mm -hmm. in that way yeah um he was like, look, guys, I got one swing, and that's it, and then I'm done. And I was actually on second base, and, you know, he took first pitch, took second pitch, and next pitch, swung, base hit, <laughs> and then I scored. And that, that was like the – or something like that. But, you know, the, the guy, he, that's all he wanted to do was, was win, and, and he knew he was a leader. Um you know, he wanted he wanted to be there for the team. He wanted to be there for the guys every day. So it was it was very uh, a special experience for me. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by, Delina. It was such it was like amazing talking to you. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me for sure. Yeah, thanks for coming and best of luck this season. Yeah, good Thank luck you. this season. Thank we'll you definitely guys. be Thank waiting you guys. for you for sure. Thanks, Delina. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Take care. <laughs> So we're going to switch gears. We were very, very passionate about what we were talking about before the Delino interview, which is once again, really, really good. Um, so thanks for hooking that up, Rach. Um, but we, this is at the end of the day, we, we talk about baseball every now and then. Um, and baseball's happening like this week. Like it's crazy. I have, um, you know, A's and Giants exhibition games, season's opening up. So excited. Um, Jesus Lazardo's off of the IL, I guess you would call it. He's back with the camp and everything like that. So we have, we're going to have some fun and do some predictions. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? I feel like we have the same prediction for one of the teams, but I know you're kind of biased on one, but um, who are you looking forward to individually and team-wise in the 60-game season? Uh, I would say, I mean, team-wise, again, I know this is super biased of me, but I want to see, I want to see the Reds be good. I, I think they can be. And I'm going to give you, this is why my prediction is that I think the Reds are at least going to be a playoff team. And this is, and I think this because, because it's a sh short season, and hitters, you know, are naturally going to take, it takes them a little while to kind of start seeing enough pitches and get hot and get in the swing of things. Teams with the lack of offense are going to be able to hide behind dominant pitching in a shortened season. And I think we're going to see that basically teams with the most dominant pitching, I think are going to have the biggest advantage. And I, the Reds just, for the last few years, keep making these moves and these trades, even with the Yasiel Puig trade, where you're like, wait, what? They were gonna, they were even in the market for a trade, and they keep doing these things behind, kind of like under the radar. But I feel like they've put together a pretty good team this year, and so I'm kind of excited. I just, I hope they're good for like once in a while, you know? No, and and so here's the thing: even before the 60 game season, I was of course doing a lot of. Yeah preseason stuff the Reds are one of my teams that I was like don't sleep on the Reds and that's not me kissing up to anybody this is before momentum came calling for me to do a podcast with Rachel FYI and it's not a Joey Votto thing either it's I like when they acquired Trevor Bauer I was like okay I think a. Eugenio Suarez is a very underappreciated third baseman you know you have and I feel like Joey Votto hopefully will have a comeback 
season, if you will. The hitting is there. The pitching rotation super, super good. They got Moose this year. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzen scares the crap out of me. I do not want to mess with him. So it's just like that kind of dynamic from that perspective. Even after losing Yasiel Puig, I was like, hey, this team is still really, really good. And, and I was looking forward to that. And like I said, that pitching rotation is just going to be sick. Um, but of course, A's, and, I, and I'm not biased, but. No, I think the A's too. I, yeah, that's A's. another team for me. Yeah. And um, even I had uh, Robert Flores on my other podcast and he's a big Astros fan. He's like, I still have the A's winning the AL West. The only thing is, is like, they're a slow starting team and the people that's that hate talking about that more than anybody are the A's. Um, and you know, they were very slow starting the last couple seasons, but still got 97 wins. Jesus Lazardo, my dark horse candidate for Cy Young, AL Cy Young, for sure my rookie of the year, like easily. Uh, both Matt's, of course, I feel like I want to see Chappie earn a third gold or third platinum glove. Olsen, I feel like he's going to hit probably 30 bombs this season in a shortened season. I'm really excited for that. And then I want to see Christian Yelich come back. I'm really looking for a game that you need to watch out for. Yeah. And then, um, of course, Mike Trout, I'm just, obviously we're excited about that. And then Bryce Harper, I want to see what he does with his shortened season, but Speaking of shortened season, I feel like that's going to benefit some teams. And there are a lot of NLS teams, teams, specifically the Giants. I feel like they're not going to be, like, winning everything. They're going to piss a lot of teams off. I feel like they're just going to be like, we're not going to win, so, like, let's fuck some shit up. So they're just going to come out there and do that, even without Buster Posey, who hasn't been productive over the last couple of seasons. I feel like they're going to be really good. The Rockies, why not? But the one team that I'm genuinely, like, do not sleep on are the fucking Chicago White Sox. Are you right? Do not sleep on them. I think they're going to mess I'm, I am with you two on that one. The White Sox are a big, like, dark horse for me. Yeah, Luis Robert. Um, and Lucas Giolito just recently said, like, Robert is, like, really, really good. And one of my best friends plays in the White Sox. And if I didn't say that, he probably would have been really upset with me. So. Who? Evan Marshall. That guy, like, does not lose games. He's He comes out of the bullpen now that we're actually appreciating the bullpen pitchers more. I'm glad he's there with them. But he just – because he told me, he's like, Jess, we're going to be really good. I'm like, well, yeah. But, like, later on, I'm like, oh. It's okay. Um, My uh, – Dallas Keuchel, who's, who's yes. a homie, he also is now with them. So yeah. they – Shout out Dallas Keuchel because he is a homie. Shout out, shout out Dallas Keuchel, um, Southside. It's Southside, right? Yeah. I think so. Not, I yeah. think we, we should probably know that before we say it. Like so, it is Southside. I watched, um, what's it called? Oh, now I'm blanking on the name of the show. What? With the show with Chicago, Southside. Um, it's like a funny, it's like there's been 10 seasons of it. Oh, I don't know. Strip, uh, shameless I don't know why I was blanking. oh shoot yeah I forgot I used to watch that in the nice I've watched I watched every episode so I watched Sons of Anarchy for the sixth time in quarantine oh wow I've seen two like seasons of that but good I won't spoil it for you well today was fun yeah and I feel like we talked a lot but the message needed to be heard and I know we were very passionate about it but I'm I'm glad we yeah and just know I love women and for all the women that are going to come after me after this, um, and Jess and you, I love you. I know we don't necessarily agree on all of this. Like, but I'm glad we didn't at the same yeah. time. Like, I feel like it's, I know you love women. I know you love where, what I stand for and what you stand for. So it, love, babe, promise. We're, we're both fighting for the same thing, just in yeah. different ways. Exactly. So I appreciate you. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Quarked Up. See you next week. Cheers.